scoreline when he looks at it, like looks like a hammering. And it was a hammering though. They scored 28 points in about three minutes, and we couldn't stop them. You know, okay, so it was a hammering. But there's there's different levels of hammering here. OTB AM live weekday mornings from 7:30 on the OTB Sports app. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Owen, we're going to go back to some of the content that you've been getting over the last two days. How have you enjoyed the last two days? I know you do it each and every year, so it must be a part of the year you look forward to. It's great. It's great to see kind of all the the, the excitement around uh, the different places and like getting a little bit of variation this year as well. That it's not uh, Limerick and Cork like last year. Obviously, Limerick trying to kind of dig a little bit deeper this year when the excitement seems to be at a fairly similar level um, is a little bit challenging. But Kilkenny, it was it was good to see how Kilkenny people build up to an All-Ireland because they're well used to it and uh, even though it's been a little while since they've been in an All-Ireland final it definitely feels that they're still kind of the aristocrats and that you know there's still more hype and still more novelty about the whole thing in Limerick I, th- I think that's fair to say now in fairness we did literally bring like Kilkenny Elvis to you earlier on and this entire place is like <laughs> the most uh, intense looking place that's, that a GA fan ever has so there are exceptions to that rule but by and large it's uh, it, it is uh, more chilled out in Kilkenny I would say now what, what was interesting like we'll go back to Limerick again a little bit later on but uh, just to conclude on Kilkenny I met the, the great uh, Ballycallan um chairman yesterday Dave O'Neill is his name we had a chat so obviously he is the chairman of uh, Hurling Club in Kilkenny but uh, he comes from Limerick so uh, he's in a pretty interesting position this weekend here's how our conversation went Greg Billy Callan, I suppose is where I'm domiciled at the moment. Dave O'Neill here. Uh, I'm chairman. Uh, it's an honour to be chairman of the Great Billy Callan GA Club. And I suppose I'm originally from a lovely little place in County Limerick called Kiltili Drumkeen. Right, so this has been a pretty interesting week for you, I'd imagine. It has, it's, it has. I mean, I suppose over the last few years, from 2014 really I suppose with minors uh, 21s uh, we had Billy Ryan playing in the minor final in 14 Eddie Brennan was managing the under 21 team in uh, 17 and I suppose you know from there 19 and now so yeah it's 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 been it's good fun it's good it's it's banter it's good crack when did you leave Limerick for Kilkenny I was ran out of it in uh, 1986 I'm I'm gone almost 36 years now and they've never asked me back so <laughs> and now I'm in I've been Ballycallan are in Great Ballycallan since I'm Great Ballycallan now 30 years right. and they're trying to get rid of me in most of those 30 years so right. I'm not really wanted anywhere <laughs> <laughs> uh, this week obviously uh, I presume as a chairman of a club you've got uh, a big responsibility to make sure that the Kilkenny people get the tickets and make sure that they're well supported I mean surely you're going to sort out some of your uh, Limerick brethren uh, no I, I, on this occasion uh, I've had to do in the past I suppose uh, I have a lot of context but I suppose in 18 and uh, for the last few years but uh, no this year it's Kilkenny only um, but no it's wonderful I mean you know it's it's hard to believe I suppose I think is it 17 times in Brian Cody's era of what's it 23 22 or 3 years or 24 years now it's uh, Kilkenny are in the final and it's, it's still it's the same buzz I mean you could it was palpable on the Sunday after the semi-final we had a game in the club and all the stewards were there and we were all talking and it's you just can sense the excitement and it doesn't matter what age people are it's an all-island final it's a very special time and it never grows old 
who do you cheer for? I suppose I'm, you know, I'm a Limerick man. I will, I was born and bred, and I will die a Limerick man. But I'm heavily invested in uh, in Kilkenny GA as well. So. Uh, I'll be quiet. I'll be quiet on Sunday. Yeah. You know, I, I, it's just, it's an unusual experience. Um, but GA's, you know, it, my, it was, it, you know my, my love of the GA was fostered in Kiltili Drumkeen, and it's only been enhanced since I moved. I, I consider myself very fortunate to live in Great Valley Callan. So uh, it's an occasion where I'll stay quiet on Sunday. And, <laughs> but I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I just, I, I think of all the All Islands, you know, in a world gone mad at the moment. Um, I think this could be a very special All Island. Um, there'll be a lot of history. Um, I saw the weather forecast last night in Kilkenny. People still talk about the thunder and lightning All Island from 1939. Maybe this one will be the the uh, the, su- the sunburnt All Island. Yeah. Because, uh, but there's more than that. There's, I suppose, Limerick have an opportunity to do what's only been done five times in the last hundred years, and that's to win three in a row. And I suppose the other co- the other the common denominator number is three because. Uh, if Kilkenny do it, and uh, they'll be winning number 37. So, it, this I think this one will be memorable. I'm 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 certain that this will be a memorable All Ireland. Something something told me last Christmas when I realised I was going to miss out that uh, it would be a Kilkenny Limerick final, and I told all my Kilkenny friends, and now I'm reminding them of that. And I don't think any of them said, no, we won't make it. We won't get that. But that's Kilkenny. Kilkenny's expectations to start the year is, let's see what happens. You know, there's never claims and you're having a drink over Christmas. No one stands up in the pub or stands up in a home or wherever you are and says, you know what, we'll win the All-Ireland next year. They they keep it very, very low-key. Um, so, you know, I, <clears throat> I'm reminding them, by the way, for the last week that most of them should be ashamed attending Crow Park because they were saying Kilkenny wouldn't get to the final. My own personal opinion uh, is I think the stars are aligned for a Kilkenny victory. Right. Uh, genuinely, I do. Um, you kept on as chairman for another year? Well, oh God, no, they're trying to get rid of me every year. Um, I probably won't be invited to any family functions in, in Limerick <laughs> going forward. That was a good way to end it. The Dave O'Neill, chairman of Grey Valley Callan. You managed to find a Limerick man that lives in Kilkenny, chairman of a club there. That must be tough for him at the minute. Yeah, maybe that's why I'm calling Kilkenny is because he just said it and he seemed pretty convincing and he said Kilkenny are going to win it. So I was like, yeah, that guy seems to know what he's talking about. Let's go with that. <laughs> well, you met a lot of characters along the way and you also met a member of the Cranberries. Yeah, so yesterday before we headed off from Limerick, just had a quick chat with Noel Hogan, who was a founding member, obviously, of the Cranberries, who have obviously become synonymous with this Limerick team, certainly in the 2018 season. And they haven't been disconnected since. So uh, if Limerick win at the weekend, there's only going to be one band you're going to hear playing through the speakers at Croke Park. And uh, a member of that band is uh, Noel Hogan, who I caught up with yesterday. Okay, we are back in Limerick City Centre. Delighted to say Noel Hogan has got up out of bed earlier, one of the the AM Warriors as well, to to meet me. Uh, Noel, this is an interesting week for you where you may not have a whole pile of interest in hurling in general, you could get quite rich this weekend if things go your way. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to think that um, that song is bringing some good luck to Limerick as uh, ever since they started using it as their kind of anthem, um, they've done quite well from it. So, yeah, it's amazing. It's great. 
2018, I'd say, was an interesting year from your perspective because, as I say, maybe you wouldn't have paid a whole pile of attention to, to hurling, but you could not have ignored what was happening in terms of the connection between your song and that Limerick hurling team when they blew up. Yeah, um, I remember the day very well because I, I was actually going on holidays the same day and when I landed um, my phone, I turned back on my phone, suddenly it was like ping, ping, ping and it was like uh, friends of mine who were at the match or friends who were watching it on TV were all sending me these videos and it was the first time kind of we were aware of, you know, oh my God, they're using the song so much and uh, even the following few weeks and really ever since the you know, dreams has become kind of synonymous with the the Limerick hurling team. So yeah, it was very interesting. Considering the four of us within the band are were never really the most sporty people in the world. How does that make you feel when that starts to happen then in 2018 and those messages start to roll in? Um, look, you know what? It's it kind of it does fill you with a bit of pride that people from your hometown like like the Limerick team did so well and then we're from here as well so it's nice that there's a connection there um, so yeah it is it's, it's really cool That pride of place is an interesting one it doesn't necessarily have to be connected to sport but as people from Limerick how proud does it make you feel that there is positive things happening uh, on a historic level that this sports team actually could go down as one of the greatest of all time Oh yeah, it's amazing. Anything positive for any city is, is, you know, it's a good thing. And I guess the fact that we all grew up here, uh, we've always stayed here. You know, I know we've come and gone because of work and things like that, but we've based ourselves here. Um, and for all its faults, there's so many great things here as well. And it's great that, you know, that those things are being kind of pointed out more as well. And uh, especially now we all have kids and they're growing up here as well. It's nice to see this kind of positive positive side of it. That's interesting, like the, the, the idea that you, you spent your whole life here, essentially, when, when you think about where you've lived. How has this place changed, or what's the biggest thing that's changed over, over the last couple of decades? Um, I mean, God, it's a different city to what I grew I grew up, like, predominantly in the 80s. I would have been here a lot in the in Limerick, and uh, it was grim enough, to be honest. It's a great place to grow up, but it was a kind of a dull enough place at that time. Um, whereas now even standing here today you see all this work going on around us and it's constantly improving and, and working on itself um, which is you know it's great and, and that's one of the reasons we never moved from here because you could see that bit by bit there were improvements happening you had a sense of hope then uh, when, when maybe it wasn't easy to yeah yeah I mean it's funny because we never even really considered you know with all the success it was kind of oh let's move to LA or New York or you know this kind of thing it was always like the minute when we finish this tour okay let's just go home we were like on a plane and landing in Shannon and we never nobody ever really kind of gave it a second thought so I, you know subconsciously it was always always in there this was home Right, that's interesting. And the, the, was there the temptation ever real at all to to move to to, to an LA or, or to a London or something like that? It, was it genuinely just because home had such a pull for for all of you? Yeah, I think so. Like we we were very lucky. Our, our families are here, obviously, you know. And um, then you have, but we still all hang around with the friends we grew up with, you know. So I always felt if I move somewhere else, I'm not going to know anybody. I'm not going to, you know. These are it's a different world for me, and. Um, yeah, that's why I guess we considered our time our time off was really being at home. You know, a lot of people go my time off and go on holidays, whereas we spent so much time travelling that to come back was the break from it and to be able to just go out and, and people here, you know, never really cared what it was. With all the success, it was like, yeah, that's just what you do and that's that thing. So you were kind of left alone here. 
What's your favourite thing about Limerick? Um, I guess it's friends and family, you know, that are here and... Uh, it's kind of it, that's the weird thing I guess the last few years with COVID that we you know you were kind of very much isolated from all those kind of from that world um, and it's nice to be kind of able to go back out again or ring someone and go where we meet for a drink and uh, so it's great I mean there is Limerick's weird in that it's a city but it's small enough that it's like a community like you you walk down the street and you see you kind of know everybody kind of thing they know you and it's really nice that way. Is that really kind of the, the nub of the whole thing then that when your stars were rising that actually there was always a, a humility here it was always a, a, a sense of home that would not keep you grounded but that would just kind of bring you the sense of normality when maybe your careers were, were anything but normal Yeah I guess again it's I think it's something that you don't overthink sure. it just it's kind of you know for the first few years we all lived at home with our parents still and you know you'd we'd be off living the kind of high life and then you come home and you'd still what time do you call this coming in you know it was like it, it would the normal kind of side of life was still there very much and and especially you know like a real Irish thing with your friends if you started coming home you know with leather pants and then capes and you kind of think you'd be soon put in your place so um, it was great like that that it just kind of I think it kept us all very grounded through all of it and you'd like to think we turn out pretty normal because of it at the end of it all do you think that there's also been um, not a renaissance in your music, but maybe kind of an extra spike in people who've come to have a relationship with your music in the aftermath of Dolores' passing, as, as well as the success of the Limerick Hurling team over the last few years? Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, we're so lucky. Like, Dreams is a perfect example. It's one of the first songs we ever wrote. Um, and you're looking at, you're really looking at just over 30 years ago. And normally you think that has a lifespan of, you know, maybe 10 years and then a decade moves on and things people move on another generation but I found that ever since Doris passed away and stuff like the you know the Limerick Hurling team winning then that the music I'm probably hearing it more now on radio than I did in the kind of 20 years before that um, and for us it's amazing you know we we can't understand it because you do this stuff and you move on and you move on to the next album the next song and you kind of almost forget about it in some ways it's always there but um it's (laughs) it's there but it just um like my my i've got two kids in their 20s and they're out and they'd send me videos they could be anywhere in the world and they're in a club or somewhere and, and like zombie or dreams are, are being played and you're kind of going that's so weird for us because we thought you know there's so much like music changes it goes in cycles and you think they've moved on to the next thing so I don't know why or how it's managed to live you'd like to think it's because they're good songs yeah. um, but it's you know it, it's great that there is that legacy there I think as well it's something that Doris would be delighted with yeah, it's kind of like Kate Bush and her Renaissance yeah. this summer as well. Yeah. Like, so, do you remember the writing of that song? I do. It was one of. Uh, it was around the same time as Linger. They were in the first kind of batch of songs of ideas, and um, it would have been on one of the earlier early demos that we ever did. And uh, I actually found that demo a couple of years ago. Uh, I think the only one left, and it's more or less the same song, badly recorded, but uh, it's. It just, we had this, we, we just wrote and wrote and wrote in the beginning and we had all this bunch of songs and Linger and Dreams really stood out. They just had something that the others didn't at the time. Um, 
and we were kind of proven right. You know, you get that feeling that this one's better than all the rest. And uh, yeah, I can still remember, you know, just kind of being in my bedroom at home, kind of going, oh yeah, that that's nice, that's something. And then you develop it, and then Dolores put her vocal on it, and it turns into something else again. Um, and then it gets to the point, like particularly with dreams, I found I used to almost you do it at a gig and you'd be on autopilot because we had it so long and you kind of, you know, it's just another song. But it has taken on. I think even lyrically listening to it now, and I think she was only 18 when she wrote those lyrics. And you think, how can an 18-year-old do that? You don't realise it at the time because you think you know everything at that age. Um, and it's only, I guess, even for me, I have a, a new appreciation for it now that I didn't have for a very long time. Like and an appreciation for the fact that an 18-year-old did write those words as well. So, like, wh- how much does that speak to, to to the character that that she was, uh, especially so young, and yeah. to, to be able to do that so young? Yeah, I mean, it shows, doesn't it? Really, kind of um, a kind of a depth and an intelligence there that you don't you just take for granted it's like all of us with all of our friends you just kind of hey there's Dolores or there's John or there's Mickey you know kind of thing it's kind of you just it's when these people are gone I think you kind of appreciate them more Um, you kind of just start to remember all the stuff that you kind of you know, we we all take for granted. So um, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty amazing when I think of it now. But like I said, I mean, we couldn't be told anything at the time. We knew <laughs> in our minds, we knew everything. Yeah, it's that very Irish thing of possibly not not saying positive things to one's face and yeah, then yeah. being glowing in uh, after their departure. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, if anything, but it, it, you know what? It's the nice thing I guess about the Irish thing is that you know you kind of say things, you say pretty harsh things to each other, yeah. but in a joking way. But there is a love in there as well under that, and we all know. I mean, I remember. Um, one of the first trips to America we did and you know the Americans would be with us in whatever capacity and we'd all be slagging each other so much and one girl had said to us one night why do y'all stay together you hate each other so much (laughs) that's just the way we speak to each other yeah Yeah, people would be shocked if uh, if they came to Ireland and actually saw what was going on so so this Sunday then uh, if Limerick win what will happen to your Spotify streams and uh, and all your other uh, music uh, side streams? Will, will there be a genuine spike? Yeah, um, I looked the first two years. I just went on to iTunes just to see did it make a difference, and there it is. Dreams. I think it runs into the top ten for like twenty four hours, and then kind of drops back out again. But it's amazing how it just comes back to life every year. And I get a, I get a, like speaking of you know being abused by your friends. I get a lot of slagging over it. Kind of, well, your payday is coming this year again now. You know? So so um, yeah, it, it's it's amazing. And then I guess the fact that it spans so many age groups from young young kids to people my own age people older um, I mean you kind of have to pinch yourself sometimes to think that you're part of that that that's something you did it's a pretty amazing legacy Noel uh, good luck on Sunday hopefully you do get that spike with modern streaming services what's that two pints maybe or something like that with, yeah, yeah, I'll, be at, I'll be at home myself just kind of re-listening <laughs> to it over and over yeah <laughs> Noel Hogan thanks very much appreciate your time cheers thanks Yes, the legendary Noel Hogan from the Cranberries. A brilliant interview to get. How did you manage that one, Owen? 
Uh, I just messaged him on Instagram and he, he was around. Fairly straightforward. Um, fairly straightforward, yeah. He, uh, he, he just met up for, uh, before we went on OTBAM yesterday morning, actually, bright and early on O'Connell Street in Limerick. So, yeah, it's, it is interesting. Uh, like, I'm always fascinated by, by those people who are kind of like affected by sport, even though they've got very little interest in sport and how the Cranberries have, certainly from my memory, like, I'm, I know it's still very strong, but certainly the, the summer of 2018, it very much felt that, like that connection was kind of like forever made and I know like it wasn't long after Dolores Reardon's passing so maybe that was one of the reasons for it it just felt very emotional and it felt very connected to Cranberries and and Limerick GEA and uh, most of the band really uh, have, no, have no interest in hurling but uh, I guess they're interested now when uh, Limerick potentially win on Sunday and their spike there's a potential spike in their figures coming yeah and their payday comes in as Noel said <laughs> yeah yeah it's a good old Spotify payday <laughs> Absolutely. And you were speaking as well to Steve Gleason. Sorry, yeah. So Steve Gleason is the co-owner of a sports shop in Limerick called Gleason uh, Sports Scene. And uh, it's just uh, one of those independent run sports shops that I think every town has. It's been run from generation to generation. It's been there for, for uh, decades in Limerick City Centre. So we got chatting about the game this weekend and also about uh, the hurling boom that the city has experienced over the last five years. Well, my father founded it in about 1975 I was um, a young fella still going to school at the time um, his background was he had a news agent shop here in Limerick but he also refereed the 1957 All-Ireland Final between Kilkenny and Waterford so we've, uh, we weren't around then but he's uh, spoke as many times about it and how big a game it was and what a big uh, part of his life it was and the uh, funny thing about that game was there was actually a film made during us a film called Rooney so there was actually 16 men walked out instead of 15 with the Waterford team I think I stand to be corrected on that so that was a pub trivia for you Right so your father is in the movie Rooney He's in the movie Rooney yeah Very good uh, What's interesting is that over the, the last few decades in the city we've seen so many great teams come up through the ranks not just in hurling but in other great sports obviously you've got uh, great soccer teams and you've got the great uh, rugby team in, in Munster Rugby how have you seen the, the sporting landscape change to reflect that in the shop down through the years? Well I suppose the good thing with Limerick and um, every person in Limerick will tell you this that um, people transcend sports so the guys that support hurling a lot of them support soccer support rugby and vice versa there, you'll see rugby and soccer people in Croke Park as, as well as hurling people but uh, yeah the, the, the hurling since the success of the, the senior team in 2018 hurling sales have gone through the roof slitter sales have gone through the roof which shows the underground how popular it has made it and yes it, it has hit the other sports definitely you know hurling in Limerick is definitely on the cusp of a wave here and there's again thousands of young people playing us which is great In terms of sports equipment is a hurley your number one sale here or, or is it still does it still have a bit of work to do to knock off some other sports no the, the hurling would be our number one so after 2018 you just noticed an uptick in, in sales for, for the sport yes look listen hurling would always be big in Limerick yeah. but it just went massive um, I, I guess any kids that were coming up that were on a 50-50 between rugby and hurling went with hurling and likewise 50-50 with soccer and hurling went hurling so it was a you know, really success really helped uh, the popularity as I said it was always popular but it really projected it What do you think it was about that team other than being really successful that inspired a whole bunch of new people to take up the sport? Well the thing about hurling and I suppose but the, the curtain crop of players is they're all they're the guys next door 
you know, if you meet them in the street, you can, you meet them in the coffee shop, you know, they're, they're, they'll talk to everyone. You know, they're they're all very nice guys. They're don't hurt guys. They're, you know, right. They're playing at a professional level, even though they're not professionals. But you know, they're all amateurs. So they're day to day. You meet them walking around town. You know, that's the great thing about them. Have uh, short sales been under pressure this week? Uh, what well, they've been under pressure as far as they're we're we're flying through. And we're selling a load of them, but uh, we're not under pressure because we're well stocked for us. <laughs> uh, the one thing I'm keen to, to ask you about is at, at the moment in uh, Gaelic games, it's kind of moving towards soccer. Where there's a, a new jersey every year, every every second year. How do you find that yourself, having to, to go through the, the new equipment every year? And I suppose the, these jerseys here may not be the Limerick jersey next year. Um, just even going away from the Limerick from the jersey, the uh, from the, the leisure end of it, the, the leisure tends to change every six months or that and that. But it's, it's such nice gear now, it's gone fashionable to be wearing it. So people don't mind changing and they want the latest that's out. So, you know, it's, it's a good thing, as I said, it's fashionable. So people are wearing them into the pubs, they're wearing them to work even, you're wearing them around the streets, which is great. What's your favourite era of uh, Limerick jersey or Limerick fashion, if I had to put you on the spot? Put me on the spot. I suppose the current, it's, it's every year it's evolving. It's getting nicer and nicer. And um, O'Neill's, who, who, who are the supplier, they're, they've improved their designs down through the years. So I think every every year we're nicely surprised with the way it's coming out. This year's stuff is, is beautiful. I think it's really, really nice. Good stuff. Will they win on Sunday? Of course. <laughs> Yes, he's very confident. Steve Gleeson, co-owner of Gleeson Sports Scene in Limerick, where the hurley sales are booming. Owen, was there a buzz in the shop when you were there? Ah, there was, yeah. The, the front of the shop is all GEA. It seems to really kind of stock well on, on all different sports, but uh, it just struck me. What a, what a stupid question to ask somebody who's trying to sell current Limerick jerseys, what his favourite <laughs> Limerick jersey is, as if he's going to say anything other than the current Limerick jersey, which, to be fair, is quite nice. I yeah. Think some jerseys uh, have been overcomplicated over uh, the past couple of seasons, but uh, Limerick's still simple, still nice. And yeah, I'd say they were flying through him. I'd say uh, he maybe took a, a gamble on a, on a big order to get him in early in the year because I'd say the sales boom late in the season and he just wouldn't get an order in on time for an All-Ireland final given the compressed season if he were to react to a semi-final win so I'd say he took a bit of a gamble I'd say a lot of sports shops took a bit of a gamble on their jerseys this year but it seems to have paid off quite a bit for them And it's nice to see these smaller shops I think as you said at the start that a lot of counties or a lot of towns have these little sports shops that are iconic in these places yeah, they still seem to be going. Like, I, I think that, like, I mean, that kind of uh, is a question around a lot of different businesses at the moment, whether it's the, the, the coffee you drink or the sports shops you attend, you know, trying to support local businesses. But the, the local sports shop is definitely uh, going strong, certainly for, from my perspective. I, I know that there are a number of different chains, obviously, who, who, are, who are trying to invade the market as well and have done so successfully. But the local sports shop on All-Ireland Final Week, I'd say they're still doing great business at their counties there. Yeah, I was driving through Limerick yesterday. I was on the way down to Kerry for the for the press day. Those interviews are going to be coming up in the in the next few days. But uh, there was um, little tables and stalls out alongside on on the road. So on the way to to Kerry. So obviously in Limerick, all these um, young kids out selling their there was some jerseys, there was bunting, there was headbands, all of that type of thing. But I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, just on the side of the road, just these stalls set up. <laughs> And how did how did Limerick compare to Kerry yesterday? Has Kerry? I haven't been down there in a couple of days. Has, has it got into all Ireland mood yet? Uh, it absolutely has. Yes, yeah. The okay. the flags are, are flying high. You're you're missing it after a few days, Owen. 
the the seat that you're in, you're in Adrian Barry's seat right now. And before the semi-final last year, he literally drove past my house and took a video and uh, <laughs> drove to my local village and uh, said there's no flags up whatsoever, uh, no. which is uh, <laughs> a, hell, a hell of a length to go to. to, to I guess it'd just be a, a full-blown uh, weirdo. So uh, that, oh, I'm glad to hear that it's not actually that case this year. No, I definitely could feel that, that they're absolutely gunning for this, All-Ireland. Like, they, they have to win this. This feels like you know, now or never type of thing, you know, and I asked the question a few times to Jack and I was speaking to Doug Morley and um, Shane Ryan as well. Do you feel that pressure? Is there anticipation that, you know, you have to win? You have to win. Kerry does not settle for anything else, but all Ireland wins. If they don't win, it'll be you telling them that they have to win, which will be the reason why <laughs> they don't win. So we uh, finally, we have our scapegoat if they bottle it next Sunday. Are you already on edge? You can feel the nerves. No, definitely not nervous whatsoever. It's only just a, an entirely existential crisis that arrives if they don't manage to win this island. <laughs> we will see. We're going to chat a hell of a lot more about that next week. Well, brilliant stuff, Owen. Thanks for all of that. Chat to you soon. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.